0: And peace be with you. <clears throat> um, some, some brief announcements, just uh, checking in with you. We had uh, the first uh, Bible study on Wednesday. Thank you, Debbie. And it was nice to uh, meet uh, the, some new ladies. And, and, uh, and some of the kids from the church here joined them. And, and it was a nice time. And uh, there was some lovely baked goods too, by the way. Um, I was grateful for that. Thank you. And I'm also grateful that the portion was just right because if there'd been a whole, it wouldn't have been lasting long in my sight. Wonderful. So thank you for doing that. And again, it's going to be happening again this Wednesday. And uh, you're all welcome and um, enjoy. So thank you for doing that. Also, Um, I got an alert this morning, and David, you're not filming that yet, okay, Um, that uh, we have a need. Uh, Rosie Kendig uh, apparently is, um, clothes have disappeared. She's in a home, and she has no clothes to wear, um, and is in need of um, uh, extra large, right? Is that the shirts, tops, and stuff, and... Um, You know, this is about as far as I can describe it, but I know that Iris knows about it because she she told me, and we'll put out a blast if you know of or uh, anyone that has some of these that could uh, donate, and um, that would be great, and then we'll make an effort. This came from uh, Hank and Doris uh, reporting in on her, so... Um, Always, you know, in our prayers, Rosie is, uh, cards are wonderful um, to send over there, um, but she has a real tangible need right now for for clothing. So um, please keep her in your thoughts. Um, Quite a week that we had going on here uh, uh, in and around the world. We'll talk a little bit about it uh, in the sermon because it does actually apply to this. My prayer for you is that uh, you don't spend a lot of time uh, on news channels. Um, Because there really isn't any good news, is there? It just keeps getting worse and worse. And uh, so, um, you know, maybe uh, we do a fast. (laughs) Or go on a diet. Maybe not so many helpings. And I'm guilty, you know, once I get going, you know, but just maybe, you know... uh, uh, a little bit less. I think your blood pressure will be better. I know mine will be. And um, we'll just, you know, as we should, hand that over to God. Okay, enough advice on that. Our opening song is uh, He Knows My Name by the Maranatha Singers. Also, later in our um, service, we'll be hearing um, uh, Give Me Jesus. And in it, it actually was um, a tribute by a man named Fernando Ortega, and he sang at Ruth Graham's funeral. So, intermixed in it, you will hear the voice of Billy Graham speaking loving words of his wife. Why did I put it in there? Um, well, I liked it. And so, <laughs> and, and that's what I chose for our uh, hymn of the day. So, uh, enjoy. Let us listen to He Knows My Name by the Maranatha Singers.
1: Have a maker, he formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in.
0: that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But
2: But if if we
3: we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
0: Let us take a moment of silence. Let us confess our sins to God our Father.
3: Most Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone.
0: the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
3: And also with you.
0: In peace let us pray to the
1: Lord. Lord have mercy.
0: For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the
1: Lord. Lord. have mercy.
0: For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of
1: all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy.
0: For this holy house, And for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord.
1: Lord, have mercy. Help, save,
0: comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of
1: victory for our God. Hallelujah! Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and all. three, four, His reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you, and also with you.
0: Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son willingly endured the agony and shame of the cross for our redemption. Grant us courage to take up our cross daily and follow him wherever he leads through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
3: Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 15, verses 15 through 21. And this can be found on page 1141 in your pew Bible. As you recall, Jeremiah is an Old Testament prophet that followed Isaiah. uh, And he foretold the destruction of uh, Jerusalem. And he was foretelling this for over 20 years. For it actually happens. So it's like the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And people got tired of it and they wanted to get rid of him, but God would not allow it because Jeremiah had the message to continue until it came to pass. So, Jeremiah chapter 15, beginning with the 15th verse Lord, you understand. Remember me and care for me, avenge me on my persecutors. You are long-suffering, do not take me away. Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. I never sat in the company of revelers, never made merry with them. I sat alone because your hand was on me and you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? You are to me like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. I will make you a wall to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you to rescue and save you, declares the Lord. I will save you from the hands of the wicked and deliver you from the grasp of the cruel. And now we'll read Psalm 26 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 26, vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. I do not sit with the deceitful, nor do I associate with hypocrites. I abhor the assembly of evildoers and refuse to sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, Lord, proclaiming aloud your praise and telling of all your wonderful deeds. Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. Do not take away my soul along with sinners, my life with those who are bloodthirsty, in whose hands are wicked schemes, whose right hands are full of bribes. I lead a blameless life. Deliver me and be merciful to me. My feet stand on level ground. In the great congregation, I will praise the Lord. And Now the epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verses nine through 21. And this can be found on page 1764 in your pew Bible. Romans twelve nine through 21. I think this message applies today very clearly. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life.
1: Hallelujah.
0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew from the 16th chapter, Glory to you, O Lord." The gospel reading this morning is indeed St. Matthew chapter 16 verses 21 through 28, and it can be found on the page 15:24 in the Pew Bible. Matthew 16:21 through28. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside. And began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me, they will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul, Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom." In the name of Jesus, this proclamation is tied directly to Jesus, his words, take up your cross and follow me. What would you think if I told you that I want to change up a few things around here to bring in more people. What would you think if I told you that I wanted to change the sign that we have out there uh, along Magnolia Street and I wanted to read this in big letters, come to Reformation Lutheran Church and die. What if I wanted to change the sign outside the building to read, deny yourself and die. What if I had Ashley put in the bulletin each Sunday this sentence, take up your cross and die? And what if I told you and everyone listening here and online every Sunday from this very pulpit follow Jesus and die do you think that that would make a brilliant advertising campaign you don't well I don't know won't that bring people in and fill up this uh, holy house let's all go here to be told to die sounds good to me Grab the kids, honey, here we go. Wouldn't such a message cause all these pews to be packed full of worshipers? Packed full. Socially distanced, of course. Wouldn't that cause offerings to be overflowing in the plates every Sunday? Okay. (laughs) I can see, aren't you thinking to yourself right now, wow, (laughs) Pastor Ken has lost it, or surely he is teasing us, right? I can see it in your faces. Perhaps I am, and perhaps, no, of course I'm teasing you, but you all gave me your full attention. You were wondering, where is he going with that? Well, here it is. What I just suggested will never happen. And I don't want the signs to be changed like that. But what should be put on the signs and in the bulletin is stuff that does not appeal to the world. It doesn't appeal to our senses. It surely didn't didn't resonate with the disciples from our gospel this morning, especially Peter. Peter, on behalf of his fellow disciples, well, last week he had just confessed to Jesus that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Remember? And he got an attaboy. Peter spoke well, and and he was appropriate, and he waited until he was asked a question, and he didn't interrupt last week. In today's reading, he is back to his old, brash, impulsive self. The Lord had taught them that he, the Christ, had to go to Jerusalem to suffer many things from the chief priests and scribes, and to be killed and on the third day be raised. That's verse 21. And this whole thing about suffering and and being killed just didn't fit in Peter's mindset of what the Christ was supposed to be like. And he had no problem whatsoever expressing this to Jesus, even though it certainly wasn't his place to do so. When did that ever stop Peter? Peter was certainly a bold man. He even dared to rebuke the Lord face to face. He said, far be it from you, Lord. A more accurate translation would be mercy, as if Peter was saying, may God have mercy on you, Lord. This was... Certainly not to happen to you, he would exclaim. Peter had the nerve to tell Jesus that he couldn't, or to tell him what he could or couldn't do. Can you imagine that? No, Lord, you're not going to die. That's, no. Imagine. Because the reason he did that is Peter didn't like what Jesus said was supposed to. To happen. He didn't like it. What was at work in Peter was an unholy triad. It was the unholy triad of the devil, of the world, and of his own sinful nature. The Lord knew what was on Peter's mind and in his heart. Jesus knew that it was not pure. What Peter uttered was in league with the devil. That is why our Lord called him Satan. Because the Satan did not want Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus, his crucifixion and death would mean certain defeat for Satan. So if Satan could get into the head of the spokesman for the disciples and a member of Jesus' inner circle of disciples, perhaps Jesus would be distracted from his mission and not carry through with it. right. You know, that's pure nonsense, because Jesus knows Satan very well. Satan, then known as Lucifer, was a created being, created during the six days. And he was one of God's angels. But he rebelled, as we know, and God cast him out of heaven. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning out of heaven. What Satan caused Peter to have in mind was a hindrance to the Lord and his mission of salvation. It was an offense. Peter thought with his flesh and his own understanding that he was doing a good thing. It was a scandal. Peter's mind was not set on the higher and the heavenly things, but on lower things, the things of man the things that we like. For this, the Lord in, his, in last week's gospel gave Simon the name Peter, meaning rock, and now he called the same Simon Satan. For Peter was doing the devil's bidding at that moment. Now what the Lord spoke of concerning himself was really not what anyone expected. They weren't Ready to hear that. They didn't want to hear that. But Jesus wasn't finished. And he taught his disciples yet again. When we hear it, then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's verse 24. This uh, one sentence is really heavy. It is full of things that we normally consider weird, but our Lord does not work as the world does. Does he? No. There are four thoughts that I I want to touch base with you on, and let's unpack them right now. The first thing is, if anyone would come after me, here the Lord is addressing anybody who wants to be his disciple, whether one of the twelve or any of those that are gathered today here in this building or listening online. Jesus is our good shepherd, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Next he says, let him deny himself. If we want to be Jesus' disciples, we need to cast aside our delusions of glory. We are to dispose of whatever ideas that we have about God that are not supported by Scripture. We need to remember that God is the creator and we are his creatures, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. We must allow God to do his God thing, to create, to redeem, and to sanctify us, to let him have his way with us, as he tells us in his word. Next he says, and take up his cross. Now, at the time that Jesus spoke this, crucifixions were relatively common in land that Rome ruled over. Crucifixion, as you know, was a means by which the Romans executed criminals. And they, the the disciples, knew that the cross symbolized in that context. They knew that it was a bad thing, but they did not make the connection to the Lord because he had not yet been crucified, and that was still a ways off. To them, the disciples At the time of our text, the cross meant impending doom. Imagine that. So pick up your cross. Taking up the cross meant that there would be suffering involved in being a Christian. Suffering for the name of Jesus, for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of the gospel. This is the true and should be the only meaning behind the expression bearing one's cross. Listen. Listen. Only suffering as a Christian for being a Christian, only that qualifies as true, true cross-bearing. Experiencing the troubles of this world that all people go through on a regular basis does not qualify as bearing your cross. That's called real life. That's called bearing the results of sin. That's not bearing the cross. It is experienced by real people in real situations. Christians and non-Christians have the stuff of the world down upon them. Icky stuff. Non-Christians do not bear crosses. Right? They don't. They don't bear a cross. Non-believers bearing crosses is about as unlikely in these parts, in beach cities, they're about as unlikely as us to come across a grizzly bear. See what I did there? Bear a cross. Okay, it it wasn't that good when I wrote it either. Okay. In short, non-Christians, Christians go through things of the world, tragedies and troubles, but they don't bear a cross, and that isn't what is meant. Next, Jesus said, and follow me. To follow Jesus is to do so unto death. The cross that Jesus would bear led to his death atop Mount Calvary. He faithfully bore his cross to the end, even to the point of being nailed to it. Our faithfully bearing the cross means, well, it means death for us. We are to follow Jesus to our own death. Jesus' words was, those of us that have been confirmed, well, actually the words that you heard in your confirmation, we publicly made the promise that we would be faithful to God. We would be faithful to His word and His sacraments, even unto death, rather than fall away from Him and His means of grace. We promised that. The cross we are to take up, the cross that we are to bear, we have upon us to our own deaths. This means this, this, that we can expect to face opposition and persecution from an unbelieving society and world. We see and hear of our God-given values and beliefs being under assault, even today, especially today. Did you ever imagine in the America that you grew up in, that going to church, attending church, would be illegal. But protesting and many times the resulting rioting, looting, and mayhem would be allowed or overlooked. Did you ever imagine that? To the world to many in America, the Ten Commandments are offensive. And they've been removed from the people's houses, from the people's buildings, from courts. God's been declared unconstitutional. You can't have the Ten Commandments in a court of law? Our society lives, speaks, and acts as if God does not exist. And we Christians are demonized and vilified for daring to speak out against these evils of thought, word, and deed. It is hard enough for us to live God-pleasing lives on a daily basis, but it is extremely difficult to do while under the threat of death. But that is what we face because we have sinned against God. We face this because of the things that we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved God with our whole heart, nor have we in turn loved our neighbors as ourselves. For this we deserve God's temporal, which is His present and eternal punishment for the wages of sin is death. Come to church and die. But death was our Lord's destination on Good Friday. We know that. That it was what He was teaching His disciples right then. It is... His cross and His death that make Good Friday good. And the cross on which our Savior died is our symbol of hope and the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. In bearing His cross to Golgotha, He took up our crosses. He bore our sins and He died our death. You see, the death that He died was for our sins. He paid the price that we cannot pay. He paid with His very life, the life of a lamb without blemish or defect. For Jesus Christ truly was, truly is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, including your sins, and my sins. He knows our life on earth. He knows that our life on earth is no bed of roses. He knows our lives are often nothing but thorns. This is why he willingly wore the crown of thorns, thorns himself, bleeding from those thorns that were cutting into his skin, bleeding from the lashes that he received from the Roman soldiers, bleeding from the nails that pierced his hands and feet and put him on that rugged cross. We thank God that he sent his son to go the way of the cross. But we don't cling to that cross because he isn't there. That's where he won forgiveness, and that's where the forgiveness that he gives here today in this church through his word, holy baptism, and his body and blood given in his Suffer, We cling to that. We cling to the promise. We don't cling to the cross, neither do we tarry to the tomb. Because he's not there. Why? Because we know through God's word that Christ is, has risen from the dead, and that death has no hold over him, and the tomb cannot contain him. And we know that Jesus is the victor over sin, death, and the power of the devil. Jesus took, for you and for me, the toughest cross of all to make our cross bearing easier. He made it easier for us. He who calls us to take up our crosses and follow Him also invites us to come to Him for rest. To take upon us His yoke. For His yoke is easy and His burden is light. He promises us rest for our souls. He gives us rest here in this house, giving us the gifts that He won on the cross for us. And those gifts are forgiveness of sins and eternal life and salvation. These are the gifts that Christ freely gives to those who believe. His thrice holy name is put upon us in the invocation. In the name of the Father of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It's put on us. And His name thrice is given to us and put upon us at the benediction in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's there that we get to take up our cross as we get to lift high the cross of Christ. He sends us His Holy Spirit to enable us to bear our crosses and the cross of Christ with great boldness, telling others of the love that He has first showered upon us, that we would be with Him in heaven forever. That is why we are here. We are here so that we can die. For that is the goal of the Christian to die to self so that we would be in heaven with our Lord forever. Putting it on a sign may not be a good thing, but dying is a good thing. We do it every day in our confession of our sins and being raised from the dead daily, emerging and arising as a new man we are to be new and rejuvenated each and every day through confession and absolution we remember our baptism and we live in righteousness in purity forever through His good work on that cross, through His gifts of grace and salvation through the sacrament of the altar, and His good work that was given to us through holy baptism. In the name of Jesus, amen. Of the Lord God and his Son the Lord Jesus Christ
1: thank you mama
2: and when I
4: a lovely, beautiful, wise woman she was, because early in her life she chose Christ as her center,
3: her home, her purpose, her example, and her vision, and we can all make that choice today.
1: We were married for nearly 64 years, and I wish you could look in that ask it because she's so beautiful. I sat there a long time last night just looking at her and praying because I know she had a great reception in heaven.
2: And when I come to die, oh, and when I come to die, and when I come to die,
0: please stand if you're able. Let us confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and knowing the will of God that all would come to the knowledge of his Son and find salvation in Christ, let us pray on behalf of our parish, our community, and for all people according to their needs. For our faith and faithfulness, especially for those persecuted for the cause of Christ, and for our strength in time of trial, and for us to persevere in grace in the day of trouble, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church, Jerusalem on high, our mother in Christ, until Christ is fully formed in us, for the pastors who serve us, that they may be faithful stewards of God's mysteries and for those at home and abroad who bring the message of salvation to those who have not heard, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Donald, our president, for Gavin, our governor, and for all legislators and civil servants, For those who must render judgment and impose punishment upon lawbreakers and for those who work for peace among the nations, let us pray to the Lord for favorable weather and for those who tend the soil and harvest its fruits, for business and industry, service workers and artisans, for generosity towards those in need. And for the unemployed and underemployed, let us pray to the Lord. For those married, that they would live in fidelity to their vows and promises. For parents, as they teach their children to know and love the Lord for single adults, that they may find fulfillment in their service to others, and for our lives together, showing the love of Christ to one another. Let us pray to the Lord. For grace to take up the cross and follow the Lord wherever he leads, for courage in the face of challenge and adversity, and for compassion and harmony, In our life together, let us pray to the Lord Lord, for holy lives of faith, for faith to receive the Lord's gift of his flesh and blood in the holy sacrament, and for his holy assembly that we may present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. Let us pray to the Lord Lord, for our remembrance of the saints and grace to follow their example of faith, for God to grant us a place with them in their fellowship, and for our eternal life in God's kingdom without end, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Almighty God, you have forgiven our sins and delivered us from death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to pour out your mercy upon us, and grant to us all good things needful to this body and life, and keep from us all things harmful. From you, through you, and to you are all things, O Lord, Holy Father, mighty God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, whom with the Holy Spirit you are one Lord, one God, now and forevermore. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Also with you. Let us share the peace responsibly and at a distance here and home. Will you please pray with me?
3: Blessed are you, O Lord our God And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them
0: to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
1: Holy, holy, holy.
0: shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us.
3: Our Our Father
0: Now, as per usual during this time, um, Ken and I will uh, commune each other, and then um, we will continue on with the rest of the service. And for those that are here, we will commune after the service, after uh, the streaming is done. So you may be seated. concludes our service this morning, at least insofar as uh, those that have joined us uh, in live stream, um, I pray that you walk out of here new and refresh and understand what uh, the bearing your cross means and, and why it is uh, a yoke that is uh, easy and a burden that is light because of what Christ did on that cross for you and for me. I pray that in these times of trouble that you are equipped by the Holy Spirit with a boldness and a confidence knowing that you are a child of God no matter what comes. And I pray that you will always be kept in His peace and His joy. And now, as we said earlier, His triune name, His thrice name. Receive the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The closing hymn is When I Get Where I Am Going. And it's another song that I chose because I like it, and I think it's very hopeful. May you enjoy it. God bless you.
4: When I get where I'm going On the far side of the sky the first thing that I'm gonna do Is spread my wings And fly I'm gonna land Beside a lion And run my fingers Through his mane Where I might Find out what it's like To ride a drop of rain Yeah When I get where I'm going There'll be I'm gonna walk with my granddaddy And he'll match me step for step And I'll tell him how I've missed him every minute since he left where I'm going and I see my maker's face I'll stand forever in the light of his amazing grace